0: You are locked on Cougars. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there in Cougar Nation. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. We look back at 2021 for the BYU football program and the aftermath of the season coming to a close. BYU, a top 20 team in the final AP poll for the second straight year. What does history of the BYU football program teach us that this could mean for the future of the program? We'll examine that. We'll also continue with our position group debriefings, talking about BYU's defensive end unit. Can this unit get more pressure on the quarterback in 2022? What does 2021 tell us about that? We'll try and explain. And of course, we will catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Big Foose earns another weekly award. We'll touch on all of that ahead on today's podcast. It's all brought to you today by our friends over at NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Growth, head to NetSuite.com/slash locked for a special financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. All right, without further ado, let's dive in on a hump day. This is the Locked On Cougars Podcast for January 12th, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. And a huge thank you for your guys' support of this podcast. If you have not done so already, please continue to leave us those ratings and reviews, especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. We are over the 300 rating mark, and that's really important to us. Want to continue to see those numbers going up. I know that there are far more hundreds of you if not thousands of you who listen to this podcast daily so i'm just saying the disparity there it's pretty evident so if you don't mind taking but a moment to leave us that five star rating as well as a comment or two what you like about the podcast well it helps us out and we'll also be happy to give you guys a shout out so thank you for those of you who have already done that i would encourage those of you who have not done it quite yet to get on that soon All right, now on to the actual news of the day. Let's talk some BYU football. Of course, BYU finishing in the AP top 25 final poll of the season, they check in at number 19. That marks the second straight season BYU has finished inside the top 20 the past two years. Obviously, in 2020, BYU finished the year at number 11. This year, checking in at number 19. Now, I was thinking about this, and I was like, that's got to be a pretty rare feat for BYU to finish inside the top 20 in back to back seasons. So, Obviously, I pulled up the rankings for BYU in their football history and looked it up. And if you want to go by just top twenty-five finishes, there have been four previous ins- instances of BYU finishing multiple seasons in a row ranked in the top twenty-five. Ironically enough, uh, three of them are three straight years of top twenty-five finishes. One of them is a four-year finish inside the top twenty-five. That would be actually Bronco Mendenhall's run from two thousand six to 2009. Also, 2006 and 2007 is the last time in back to back seasons BYU finished inside the top 20, checking in at number 16 in 2006 and number 14 in 2007. They were number 25 in 2008 and then in 2009 finished number 12. Previous to that, BYU had a three year run under uh, Lavelle Edwards with Ty Detmer finishing 22, 22, and 23. You go back further than that, that, 1983 finishing number 7, 1984 obviously winning the national title at number 1, and then 1985 finishing number 16. And then before that, there's one other instance of it, uh, 1979 to 1981 finishing 13th, 12th, and 13th. Now, if you want to go by top 20 finishes, obviously... You have got uh, just a few instances of BYU finishing in back-to-back seasons inside the top 20. The most recent, obviously, being, as we already mentioned, 2006 and 2007. Now, if you push that back further, you got to go back to the late 70s to the mid-80s where they finished in three straight seasons inside the top 20. Well, what does that mean for BYU football? That means BYU is actually sitting in a very good spot right now. I think any of us out there who are paying attention to what BYU schedule looks like in 2022 think that BYU has has a very good chance of putting up another potential double-digit win season. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for BYU to have a third straight season inside the top 20. And let's also be clear about this. If BYU gets better luck with the injury bug next year, and I call it luck because I... I, (laughs) It's too hard for me to just chalk up uh, injuries to, well, this is the reason why, and that's the reason why. If you can dig into that and find a reason why injuries are happening, guess what? You probably should be making a lot more money than you are because you are a Nostradamus and you can forecast that for a college football program. It is my opinion that BYU, should they get uh, better luck with their injuries, and what I mean by that is they are able to avoid the injury bug. Think about it. the, The injury a bug hit the linebacking crew hard defensive line wide receivers the quarterback position really an offensive line also got decimated and the cornerback position had its fair share of knocks think of the position groups that did not have major injury concerns well you had the running backs the tight ends had a major injury right at the end of the season with Isaac Rex before that they'd been relatively healthy If BYU has a better year in terms of having their top line guys, we're talking the first stringers, they stay healthy by and large in 2022. I am of the opinion that a 10-win season is not out of the realm of possibility next year. If you go back through their history, BYU typically, when they have had those strings of seasons where they have finished inside the top 25, it's usually three seasons in a row. Well, BYU currently sitting on two. So does that mean that 2022, this upcoming season, this coming fall, which is crazy still to think about, they're already in 2022. But if history is any indication, BYU is on the cusp of having a third straight top 25 win season. That would be really, really fun, and that would actually give them a ton of momentum going into the Big 12 in 2023. Just think about that. Just an absolutely insane amount of momentum as they get ready to join the conference they have dreamed of being a part of the Power 5 level for years. I think it's looking, if not likely, well, it's a very strong possibility. Let's just put it that way, and I, for one... I'm very excited for the prospect of BYU finishing inside the top 25, if not the top 20, once again this coming fall and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility obviously you got to replace guys like Tyler Algier Neil Pau we already talked about the wide receivers yesterday in our position group debriefings you got guys you're going to have to replace but there is a ton of talent I mean a ton of talent returning to BYU this coming fall and if it stays healthy if all those guys stay healthy think of Keenan Peeley returning from an ACL Peyton Wilgar from multiple season injuries by the way our best wishes go out to Chaz Ayu. he announced yesterday he's undergoing a third season uh, not thir- season injury a third surgery to get himself ready for the upcoming season if all those guys everybody who was injured isaac rex uh, everybody just run down the list of the guys who had injured if they stay healthy in 2022 BYU was very good early on in the 2021 season. We all saw the effects of those injuries as the season wore on. And BYU, to their credit, still won 10 games this past year. We cannot discount that fact. You do not throw back double-digit win seasons. But it is my opinion, and I know the schedule next year has plenty of tough opponents. Notre Dame, chief among them. Arkansas could be pretty tricky. There's some good games. Oregon, obviously. There are a lot of good games on that schedule. I'm not counting BYU out of any of those games, and I mean any of them. There is not a game that I look at on that schedule that makes me say, oh, that's an L. I, I, I honestly, I do not look at that schedule in, in 2022. I keep saying that if it's next year. It's 2022. Now, this coming fall, I do not look at that schedule and say to myself, well, that's a penciled-in loss. That's a loss. I do not see it. I can see possible Ws up and down that. Do I expect BYU to go 12-0? and 0? No, absolutely not. Those are special seasons. Obviously, BYU's only accomplished it once in their history. They went 13-0, and, and they have the hardware to back it up. They have won a national championship. So I think some good things on the horizon for BYU coming up this fall and sure looks like a real possibility of another top 25, if not a top 20 finish for the Cougars. All right. We will continue on with some BYU football talk momentarily. We will get to another position group debriefing, looking at BYU's defensive ends, the edge unit. Can they generate more pressure in 2022, this coming fall, to help BYU's defense out overall? Well, what does 2021 tell us about that possibility? We'll see what we can glean from that in just a moment. First, though, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar, obviously, is a proud sponsor with us here, and it is New Year's, my friends. If you're New Year's resolution is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even better than those candy bars. They're covered in 100% real chocolate so when you're on that eating plan and suddenly you're just like miserable, this sucks. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. The important part, Built Bars contain 130 calories that's extremely low, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to any candy bar and it is a no contest with regards to what is the better option for you guys. So here's an idea for the new year. Go to all of your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office or in your car, wherever. Throw out all of those sugary or calorie filled treats and replace them with Built Bars so when you're craving that snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible and it's good for you guys. Got a great offer for you guys as well. Get to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 L-O-C-K-E-D 1-5 for 15% off your order at built.com and more importantly as a cougar fan you're supporting byu football when you support our friends at built bar via the name image and likeness agreement they have with the entire byu football program so once again that's promo code lock 15 at built.com support our friends at built bar and support byu football in the process Hey, Cougar fans, this is Jay Catch, obviously, with an incredible app that everybody listening to this podcast who buys gas needs to know about, and that's our friends at GetUpside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app on the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch the cash gets added right to your account you can cash out anytime to your bank account paypal or an e-gift card for amazon and other brands just download the free get upside app and use the promo code score to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank that's promo code score with the get upside app Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. Uh, Another podcast I would encourage you guys to check out is our friends over at Locked On Big 12. I was actually part of their Roundtable podcast. We will post it as a bonus episode here on the podcast feed a little later on in the week. But had a great conversation with Josh Neighbors as well as the rest of the Locked On Big 12 crew. Would encourage you guys to check that out wherever you get your podcasts just like this one. All right, let's talk a little BYU football in terms of position debriefings. We've been doing this series. Those of you who may be checking us out uh, for the first time or just haven't checked in in a while, we've been doing this over the past two weeks, going position group by position group, looking back at 2021 for each of those groups and evaluating how they performed. Uh, We started off with the quarterbacks. We've gone on both sides of the football. We've even done the specialists, the special teams. Today, we talk about the defensive ends for BYU, and this is a unit that was much maligned in 2021. One obviously similar to the rest of BYU's defense for their inability to get stops when it absolutely mattered now as a defensive end your role on the defensive line is a little different than a defensive tackle it's different than a linebacker obviously your role is to what they call set the edge in the run game while also in a passing set get after the quarterback and force pressure on the opposing QB. Much easier said than done, because anybody who has played football at any level and has played along the offensive or defensive line know how critical that edge can be. If you're running the ball outside, and that's the term the edge, is if you're trying to run outside, and many of you know what a tight end is, or outside the offensive tackle, that's what called running to the edge is. You're trying to get outside of where the offensive line lines up to start a play setting that edge and getting the advantage to set that edge is what they use the term is critical to the success of any defense and defensive ends have a critical job in setting that edge because they have to be able to move laterally while also holding up a 300 pound hog molly of an offensive lineman or a tight end or a fullback whatever it might be that is hell bent on running them over and pushing them backwards it is a tough job. It's just, it's one job. It's thankless. It's something you have to do. I actually thought some of the guys on BYU's defensive line at defensive end actually set the edge fairly well when given that opportunity to do so. I think chief among them was BYU's lead defensive end, the best player I think in this unit, and that is Tyler Batty. I thought Tyler Batty had a very very productive season, all things considered for BYU. He finished the year with 12 games played, a grand total of 43 tackles, 23 of them solo, 7 tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, and also had uh, two quarterback hits as well as a forced fumble. That is a very productive season, especially considering he played in a lot of three-man fronts. Another thing about defensive ends is the ones that usually get sack numbers are guys who are playing in a four-man front. They have two defensive tackles to help uh, clog up the middle, and their job is to beat a guy one-on-one and get after the quarterback. Well, BYU, as many of you watched, did a lot of three-man fronts this year, meaning they had one nose tackle in the middle, and then a like Tyler Batty his job is gonna be taken on more than one guy typically on any given play I thought Tyler Batty had a fantastic season all things considered and it's something he's absolutely going to grow upon and the crazy thing about this is folks he is only going to be a sophomore in 2022 this upcoming season I think his best football is still in front of him he's got elite size he's got the athleticism six foot five 265 pounds I'm telling you he's gonna grow into being a six foot five two hundred and seventy five pound behemoth at defensive end and his uh or the guy he should be aspiring to play like that you guys may have watched play is Aiden Hutchinson from the University of Michigan. Aiden Hutchinson is six foot five, probably 275 to 280 pounds and has every skill you want in an elite defensive end. He is going to be a potential top overall pick in the NFL draft. If he falls outside the top five in the next NFL draft, I will be absolutely stunned. Tyler Batty should aspire to play like Aiden Hutchinson. I, I truly believe that's the guy that he needs to look at and pattern his game after. And if he does that, he's going to be a very, very good player. The good news is Tyler Batty's going to hold down one part of this defensive line for BYU at his defensive end spot. There's absolutely no doubt about that. The question is, who else is going to be there to help him? Well, one guy moved on in Uriah Leatawa and wish him nothing but the best moving forward. Uriah has been just an absolute sensation, I think, in terms of his personality, what he's meant to this program. He finished the 2021 season with 26 total tackles, five tackles for loss, two and a have sacks, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and one quarterback kit. Actually, a pretty productive season. Uh, I believe at that his most productive season stat-wise in his entire career at BYU. You wish him well, and he moves on now. So, who is going to play opposite? of Tyler Batty. Well, I think the question is, there's two guys I have in mind, and the question is what BYU is going to opt to do with their defensive front. Any of you who've been listening to this podcast often recently have heard me rail on the fact that I want to see BYU's defensive philosophy settle on if it's going to be a three-man or a four-man front alignment, if you're going to be an even or odd-man front. Figure that out, and then I can answer the question uh, specifically. But the two players who are the chief uh, names that I think are going to be playing opposite Tyler Batty as the starting defensive end opposite him are either Lorenzo Fawatea or Pepe Tanuvasa. And Let me explain the difference between these two. Lorenzo Falatea came to BYU with the thought he was going to play defensive tackle for BYU. He's never put on the weight that it feels like was requisite and played with that type of weight that makes him actually effective on the interior. And BYU decided they were going to move him out to the Exterior, the outside of the defensive line, he actually slimmed down this past season. I think he was weighing in somewhere between 280 and 290 pounds on a six foot four frame to play defensive end. Well, injuries obviously cropped up. He only played in five games this past season with a grand total of four tackles, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. The story of Lorenzo's career has been injuries precluding him from when it seems like he's finally going to break out. His best season to date was in 2019 when he had 21 total tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks, a, fumble, a forced fumble, and a quarterback hit. The hope is that this year, after he coming back from another back injury, that's what knocked him out from the 2021 season, the hope is that he slims down a little bit, and if BYU decides to play that four-man front, you're going to have a guy in Tyler Batty at five, 270-some-odd pounds, and Lorenzo Fawatea at six foot four, but say two hundred ninety pounds on opposite sides of the defensive line at defensive end. That is a very, very big defensive end unit, especially considering if you put two guys, let's say Atu Nisamahai as well as Caden Hawes on the interior, both of them uh, just over three hundred pounds. That is nearly twelve hundred pounds. It's over a thousand pounds of beef along that defensive line, and I actually think they'd be a very, very good defensive line if that's what they opt to go for. If they opt to play with more of that hybrid uh, position, what they call the jack position. Pepe Tanuvasa is the guy who steps forward and supplants a guy like Lorenzo Fawatea. Pepe Tanuvasa, six foot one, 240 pounds, a transfer from Navy, has really made himself into one of BYU's premier pass rushers. I really liked how he came along this past season. He wears the number 45. Many of you will recall that. He had a very productive season. 42 total tackles, 23 of them solo. Had 7 tackles for loss, 3 sacks, had one interception and three quarterback sits. He actually uh, outperformed Tyler Batty stats-wise. And I really like Pepe Tanavasa's skill set. The thing is, he is not a guy who is going to be your traditional defensive end who's able to, as I mentioned, set that edge. He's going to be a guy who's going to have to be your guy that plays in coverage, comes up on passing downs and rushes the quarterback, and makes plays sideline to sideline. That's what you're opting for. If you're going to play with a three-man front, Pepe Tano is a fantastic player to have as that pseudo-defensive end slash linebacker hybrid out there on the field because he's been ultra-productive taking over that role, and I think he'd be very, very good. My personal hope is that BYU opts for that four-man front, and in passing downs, they switch and allow a guy like Pepe Tonovasa to come on and play in the place of a guy like, uh, 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 like uh, Lorenzo Fawatea. Man, I'm struggling with names here. Bring him on and let him rush the quarterback in those situations and obvious passing downs. I know that kind of counteracts what I'm talking about, but I want to see BYU play with the four-man front. I think that's what they've recruited to. I think they need to go for that. Another guy who I think can really step in and be a really nice depth piece, because I really thought he started to really emerge down the stretch of the season despite garnering no statistics was Alden Tofa Tofa has not ever really been a guy that BYU has been able to rely on he has played in a grand total of 35 games and if you go by BYU's stats if you go on their, uh, their website he has garnered no more than I think let's see here what, eight tackles in a season? It's just not many in his career. It's been a story of, okay, can he live up to his potential? Six foot four, 260 pound junior. I think that he is going to be a better player in 2022 than he was in 2021. He had a slow start to the season, had some issues off the field that kept him away from the team and training camp. When he finally rejoined the roster, he had to climb up the ranks and really show what he could do. Towards the end of the season, though, he showed that he was absolutely a guy that BYU could use along that defensive line. He is more in the mold of a Tyler Batty, so I think he probably backs up Batty in 2022, but I really think that he is best football still in front of him, and he's going to be an upperclassman, and the hope is that with that experience, he can have a better season. Now, four other players who I wanted to mention here before we go, and just a quick reminder that all of these uh, position group debriefings are looking back. They're not looking forward. These are guys who are on the roster in 2021. They're obviously guys joining the roster. Think of guys like Isaiah. Amoa, that type of stuff, who have joined the team already. We will talk about them as we get a little closer two uh, spring ball etc we're looking back here in 2021 the four other players I want to mention here include Blake, Blake Mangelson a walk-on from Juab High School down there in Nephi, Utah. He's got elite size for the position. six foot five, 245 pounds as a true freshman. The thought is that he is going to bulk up and be similar to what Tyler Batty was. 265 270 pounds when all is said and done. He played in seven games this past year for BYU and I thought he actually had a decent season when he had flashes of what he could do. The hope is that he continues to really emerge and earns a scholarship. I think that he has surpassed all expectations for him walking on with the program. The hope is that he can continue to refine his craft and be a guy that BYU can use down the road. Similar to him is another walk-on in Fisher Jackson, 6'5", 252 pounds. I have heard about Fisher Jackson since he joined the program in 2020. He's he's just an elite pass rusher in practice. If you listen to the podcast yesterday, I called Cade Moore the practice legend at wide receiver. Fisher Jackson is that. the, The defensive end position for BYU. Will it translate to the field? Who knows? But he's got good size, and the hope is as he becomes a sophomore and starts to really, I think, ingrain himself in this program, he can start to emerge. He actually played a little linebacker in 2021. I thought he was playing out of position. He just did not look effective in that role, but what do I know? They were kind of throwing bodies at whatever they could get out there to see what they could figure out. The other two names are two guys who I think uh, have the odds stacked against them, but we'll find out. Alema Pili-Mai, a a guy who moved over from tight end to play defensive end, six foot four, two hundred forty-five pounds. He'll need to bulk up if he wants to really be an effective player. I feel like, but we'll find out. I, I think that Aleman Pili is a great athlete. I just think he is without a position that he's effective at. He's just he's an athlete. The problem is finding the right role for him. We'll find out if defensive end is that. And then the other guy is Mikey Petty, six foot three, two 230 pounds, very light as a freshman joining BYU from Corner Canyon High School. But Mikey Petty, the one thing I love about this kid is he is relentless. I watched him play at Corner Canyon High School. He was not the biggest guy on the field at defensive end, even at the high school ranks. But what he lacks in size, he makes up for grit, tenacity, and just overall hustle. He gets after it. I figure BYU will probably bulk him up. He may end up playing similar to Pepe Tonavasa that jack position where he's a hybrid linebacker slash defense But really gets after the quarterback. I like Mike Mikey Petty's future, and hopefully he gets that opportunity to show what he can do in 2022. So there you go. My evaluation of the defensive ends. I think my overall takeaway was a decent season. I know that the defense was much maligned down the stretch, as they should have been, because it was a pathetic effort in many instances down the stretch of the season. But injuries played a big role in that. I thought the defensive end unit, though. It did okay. Uh, Obviously, there are many things to improve upon, but I feel like you've got some decent options at defensive end going in to spring ball and training camp this summer, obviously ahead of the 2022 season. And the hope is another year's progression, all these guys will take another leap and show better this coming fall. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we will round out today's show with the other notes you guys need to know here at Midweek involving BYU Sports. We'll get to all of that here in just a second. First, though, today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at NetSuite. And folks, this is the scenario. And if you play golf have probably seen this. You have a putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But disaster strikes on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated financial software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning and budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses are already using NetSuite, so for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com. locked Head to netsuite.com locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Before we go on this Wednesday edition of the show, the other notes you guys need to know as we round out the show include BYU Women's Hoops. They have uh, announced their rescheduling of a game that was canceled due to COVID issues, or canceled postponed due to COVID issues. BYU and San Diego are now going to essentially play a home-and-home across what, two or three days. Uh, Originally scheduled for December 30th, BYU will now host the Toreros January 22nd at the Marriott Center at 2 o'clock. That game will be broadcast on BYU TV, and then BYU's previously scheduled road game at San Diego will now move to Monday, January 24th. So BYU will be traveling on a quick turnaround, playing at 7 o'clock Mountain Time at the Jenny Craig Pavilion. That game will be broadcast on the WCC network. It's good to see these games getting rescheduled. I'm glad the West Coast Conference is being proactive, getting these schedules uh, put together. The hope is that COVID, the surge that we all kind of have been experiencing is behind these programs and the rest of the season will not be impacted, but you can never say no ever with this COVID-19 pandemic. Let's just put it that way. The other note before we go here is congratulations to BYU freshman Fusini Triori. He was named West Coast Conference Men's Basketball Freshman of the Week for the second straight week. BYU is now 4-0. Uh, excuse me. They improved to 4-0 with Traore in the starting lineup as a Cougar as BYU opened West Coast Conference play with a 2-0 record with wins over Pacific and St. Mary's. He averaged 10.5 points, 11 rebounds, and 2 blocks across those 2 games as BYU went 2-0 and for the first time since the 2016 2016 2016-2017 season to open West Coast Conference play. Excuse me, I apologize. It's not the second straight week. It's the second time in three weeks for Fasuni Traore. Nolan Hickman won the award last week, but still, really, really good to see Foose getting his just due. This dude is an absolute stud. He's going to be critical as BYU goes up to Gonzaga tomorrow, which is where we're going to talk on tomorrow's podcast. We're going to preview that showdown against the Bulldogs. What does BYU have to do to win this game? What did Mark Pope and company have to say about it we'll let you hear about that ahead on tomorrow's show we'll also get to some BYU football notes and other position group debriefing as we near the end of our debriefings but we will have more on that as well and want to thank you guys once again for making Locked on Cougars your first listen every day now go make your second listen our friends at Locked on Bets your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling it is free and available on all podcasting platforms all right that's going to do it for this wednesday edition of the show follow this show on social media facebook instagram or twitter search out locked on cougars email address locked at gmail.com and my personal twitter feed if you'd like to interact with me there you can find me at jacob c hatch my full name love hearing from you guys all right that'll do it have a great day this has been the locked on cougars podcast for january twelfth, twenty 2022 and we will catch you guys manana